Hello and welcome to FDI Cybersecurity's podcast series, The Expert Briefing. My name is Doug Rogers and I'm a Managing Director here at FTI Consulting. Throughout this podcast series, FTI experts will discuss the latest issues and trends impacting the world of cybersecurity right now. And today's conversation is centered around women in cybersecurity. Today I'm joined by my colleagues, Jordan Ray Kelly, Katie Donnelly, and Erica Vanish. Hi, I'm Jordan Ray Kelly. I'm a Senior Managing Director and I'm Head of Cybersecurity for the Americas based out of Washington, DC. Hi, I'm Katie Donnelly. I'm a Managing Director and Chief of Staff of FTI Cybersecurity and based out of Washington, DC alongside Jordan. Hi, I'm Erica Vinish. I am the Global Head of Marketing for Cybersecurity and a Managing Director at FTI Consulting and I'm based in Washington, DC as well. All right, thank you all. And um, as a diversity ambassador here at FTI, I am an ally and champion of people with diverse backgrounds. So I'm assisting with today's podcast because you know I feel that this is a topic that is so important to us all. And you know that we should all be driving for change in society and here at FTI. So I, I don't want anyone to be alarmed when they you know pull up this podcast and hear a guy speaking because. It's really about all of us, men and women, you know, pushing for diversity. So let's go ahead and get started. And uh, I would ask if you could tell me about your roles here at FTI, each of you, and what do they involve on a day-to-day basis? And, and just if you could give our audience insight into how you ended up in, in cybersecurity. I think I'll start and just say that I didn't necessarily set out with the goal of ending up in the field of cybersecurity, but I'm so glad that I did. I have always had an interest in computers that's been nurtured by my parents from a young age. And during college, I had the opportunity to get a minor in computer science, uh, which was really just a result of needing to take some science and hard math courses. And so I managed to get enough computer science courses under my belt to result in a minor. And then when I graduated from law school and I was applying to the FBI, not FTI, but the Federal Bureau of Investigation, I had the opportunity to provide some input on where I saw myself being a good fit. And with that computer science minor, I thought that I might like to go into the FBI's cyber division, which investigates all types of computer intrusions. And that turned out to be a really great fit and a great match for me. And it led to a dozen years of cybersecurity work that I was able to undertake for the U.S. federal government before I joined FTI. So not necessarily a plan that I had in mind of exactly what I wanted to do, but having a little bit of education and a proclivity for this field led me to where I am today. Yeah, I can jump in next, Doug, and give um, just a snippet of my background. I've been at FTI for my entire career, actually. Um, started out working on the Madoff investigation, which really was a great jumping off point and where I found my desire and love for complex investigations. Fast forward 12 years later, and um, Anthony Ferrante came over, our global head of cybersecurity. From there, I had the opportunity to join him and help build the cybersecurity practice at FTI and also work on some of our large-scale complex investigations. So I've been with FTI a little over 11 years doing marketing and operations, mainly in the economic consulting segment. And through my time at FTI, I've had the opportunity to get involved in launching new service offerings and products for the firm. And one day I get a call, hey, we have a new global head of cyber. Can you help him get what he needs to get 
to get going. And I said, of course, and, you know, fast forward a year and a half later, Anthony asked me to come on board as the global head of marketing for cyber. And, and here I am. So, you know, as to what my, my day-to-day looks like, I mean, I can tell you no day is ever the same. It's extremely busy, but at a very high level, you know, I'm responsible for building a globally recognized brand that positions our cybersecurity experts as leaders in the field and, you know, also creating holistic solutions for our clients that extend beyond cyber and uh, bring together the very best of FTI. Great, great. Thank you all for, for your introductions. And uh, I guess I wanted to get into what we're talking about here today. What are some of the challenges and opportunities that you feel women are facing in the current cybersecurity market? You know, how have you consciously adjusted your style or the way you behave? And Jordan, why don't we go with you first? I mean, I think that there are a number of behaviors that people might stereotypically assign to women that I have been cautioned at many times in my career to avoid. Um, For example, I have always loved to cook and loved to bake. And many times in my career, I've baked a cake or made brownies or done something else for the office that was really just a product of my interest in cooking and baking. And I know that at one point in my career, my mother stumbled across an article that said, if you want to be a strong woman in the workplace, remember that you're not the, the troop leader and really that you're a professional and a leader. And the article actually specifically referenced the idea of bringing baked goods or brownies into the office. And my mom shared that article with me and said, you know, hey, I know you do this kind of thing and you really have to stop doing it. And there was a point and a time in my life when I thought, you know, that's probably true. I should do that. And I don't want to be seen as the cruise director or somebody who's not focused on really being serious in this field. Uh, and, and that might be good advice for some, but I have a pretty, a, a pretty dominant personality anyway. And so I actually have actually adjusted, course corrected back the other way, which is that I've really decided that the things that I do that define who I am um, are things that I want to bring to the office. I think they're things that make me successful. So I actually, I'm happy to bake. When I have time, I'm happy to bring brownies to the office and I don't worry about people uh, subjugating me to a more junior role because of those kinds of behaviors. Um, and then interestingly, I actually had the chance to meet the woman who wrote the art, that article uh, pretty recently. And now we are our friends, peers, and colleagues. Uh, and I think what you have to do is take advice that you get with a little bit of a grain of salt as a woman in the workplace and decide that probably the most important thing is being true to who you are as a professional. So that's what I've decided to do. And apologies to my mom. She happens to tune into this podcast. I'm still baking brownies and it's, it's working out okay. So I think as a woman, you just have to realize that there will be different challenges. And I'm, my colleagues, I'm sure will talk about some of those and I can bring up a few others. Um, but you really just have to present the best version of yourself in the workplace. Like people of all genders would do. And that's what I try to do on a regular basis. And would you say you did that early in your career and you've continued it throughout your career or how did you balance that? I definitely think uh, when I was more junior in my career, I worried more about how I was presenting myself from a gender perspective. I definitely thought more about was I talking too much, talking not enough? Was I presenting the right energy and tone? in meetings. And I think I learned at some point kind of midway through the beginning part of my career that 
I was spending too much time worrying about that and not worrying enough about the subject matter or really just delivering excellence. And so at some point I was able to kind of wash those fears and worries away and just focus more on the content and delivery. And I found that when I was able to focus on that more exclusively, it was a, a better success story for me. So, so Katie, can you, can you touch on some of the challenges that you faced? Yeah, certainly. For me, what's top of mind, and perhaps it's not unique to cybersecurity, as I actually have been experiencing the biggest challenge uh, since college. So for me, it really is confidence. And a lot of what Jordan described as kind of interfering with, you know, delivering excellence and being distracted with some of the other kind of components that cross your mind in any sort of meeting or task that you're facing. I actually first experienced this in college, as I mentioned, when I was in my first year in math camp. So in order to be a math major, which I was, you had to take what they called math camp, which was a month-long intensive course. I showed up the first day and was one of two females. And so even, you know, early on as a freshman in college, I realized that, you know, finding the confidence to overcome being in a situation where you want to share your thoughts and, you know, bring your ideas to the table and raise your hand, especially in a classroom setting, was more challenging for me when, you know, the majority of folks were, were male. And so I think that that's, you know, kind of a consistent thread throughout my career and just sort of overcoming that and working to build that confidence regardless of the setting, even if I am an anomaly in a meeting or in a group setting. And so just being cognizant of that and finding that confidence and not letting the kind of exterior components, as Jordan mentioned, you know, am I being too vocal? Am I wearing the right thing at this meeting? Am I younger? And not, not thinking about all those things and really focusing on uh, content and, you know, your ideas and what you have to bring to the table. Great. I mean, what it sounds like, I mean, so many people talk about this, people with diverse backgrounds talk about, in essence, sort of a, a diversity tax where, you know, everyone else doesn't have to think about these issues. You know, they're sort of like everyone else in the room. But if you, as a woman, walk into a conference room and you're the only woman in there, you tend to think about these things. But it sounds like what you're saying is that you've worked to just ignore that, present yourself and be a professional and, and, and sort of ignore all those issues. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's certainly easier said than done. I'm working on my confidence every day. Uh, and depending on what the scenario is, whether, as you said, a conference room or a conference call or at a dinner or a conference. And so it really is something that's just an ongoing effort. And definitely, you know, as Jordan mentioned too, just continually improved and built that confidence over the course of my career. Great. Erica, do you want to jump in and tell us about your challenges? Sure. So, you know, being in marketing, I think it's fair to say it's, it's a pretty diverse field. So, you know, the challenges that Katie and Jordan have experienced, you know, I'm, I think I might be a little bit different in that sense. But one thing I, I do want to, you know, mention is when we get approached for a speaking engagement and we put forward Jordan's CV as a speaker, the response is generally, wow, right? And not just because she has an incredibly impressive background, but I think it's also because she's a woman. And I think that there's a real desire to have more women involved in events, you know, along with diversity in general. Um, you know, I will say as a personal anecdote, when people ask me what I do and I say, oh, you know, I head up marketing for a practice at a global advisory firm, the response is always, oh, okay. 
But whenever I insert cybersecurity, so if I say I'm the global head of marketing for cybersecurity at a global advisory firm, the response is always an element of surprise. And I don't know if it's because I'm a woman or if because cybersecurity itself is a very technical field and that's maybe a little bit intimidating, but it's something that I'm conscious of and it's something that I make it a point to include because frankly, I'm proud to be a woman in this field. And, um, you know, that's definitely a shift in, in my behavior personally that I've made, you know, since, since being a part of FTI cybersecurity. Thanks, Erica. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I'll never forget working on an investigation about 14 years ago when I first started at FTI. You know, we were at a major technology company and we were led into a conference room for our kickoff meeting. And it was, it was frankly embarrassing. I mean, the company's team consisted, you know, of a female lead attorney two female finance directors and other, you know, diverse accounting folks. And our team, of course, consisted of six white males, all dressed in practically the same uniform, you know, the blue button down shirts with, with dress pants. And I just thought to myself, you know, how could this happen? I mean, this is embarrassing for us. And luckily, you know, we, we added some team members along the way. And in fact, you know, one of the major discoveries we uncovered on this investigation was made by one of the female consultants on the project. And, you know, this was a huge investigation that led to a $500 billion settlement with the Department of Justice. So it just shows you, you know, number one, how important diversity is in terms of people with different backgrounds and different thoughts, but also the ability to relate to others on an engagement. And, you know, I'll never forget hearing someone walking down the hall saying, you know, where is FTI? Where, where are they located in the building? And someone said, look for the conference room with all the white guys. I mean, how embarrassing is that for FTI? So luckily, you know, like I said, this was 14 years ago, and we've made significant changes, I believe, at the company. Yeah, it's a great point, Doug. I mean, I think the, the truth is that as people who are passionate about cybersecurity, I think one thing that I can't really underscore enough is that by not having more women involved in cybersecurity, I think we're leaving the digital world less secure. Um, I think that we really need different perspectives to build towards the most secure, robust digital infrastructure that we can have. And so we need teams that have equal representation from a variety of diverse groups. So I think that that's even more important in cybersecurity. I think there are some traditional stereotypes about men and women thinking about things differently. And I think that's great. I think we want to capitalize on that, on those different schools of thought and bring them to all of our cybersecurity engagements. And we try to do that. You know, I, uh, you mentioned everyone rolling in in, in the same outfits and then looking quite the same. I mean, I think there are still some challenges like that that are out there in the world that women have to face. I mean, for example, Often when I go to speaking events, I can find there's one of two challenges I might encounter. One is that I'll be asked to sit on a tall bar stool in front of an audience, right? And that might not be the best for a woman wearing a, a skirt or a dress. Um, another is often that I'll be given a clip mic that's intended to clip to the back of my suit pants. Um, if I'm wearing a dress, I'm not going to be able to do that. So I often find myself so, sort of awkwardly holding the, the 
battery pack of the microphone or adjusting my outfit as I'm sitting on a tall bar stool. And these are just scenarios that are built by people who don't have the challenges of women in a professional world at front of mind. And so I think that one thing women have to do is one, be prepared for those challenges and two, just be ready to roll with the moment because I think the world is getting better and better every day when it comes to considering different attendees and different participants in your events, but there are still gonna be times when the world is kind of built by a man. And so I think that women in order to be successful uh, need to have some flexibility and they can bring that same flexibility to the way they think about cybersecurity and ultimately build, as I said, infrastructures in a digital world that's more secure. Yeah, and I would just add on, um, I completely agree with Jordan. Those challenges are still very, very present in this day. I will say, you know, Doug, to your antidote, going back 14 years, in my experience, I've definitely seen a lot of progress if I think about the two, you know, kind of bookend large scale investigations of my career, both, you know, including over 200 uh, team members working on it, Madoff being the first, it was very rare that uh, either the leader of the conference calls or the team meetings was a female, or that the majority of folks participating were female. And if I fast forward to a current investigation um, that Jordan and I are working on uh, of similar scale, it's actually the opposite. It's more common than not to have the majority be female on the line or on a video conference or working together, both on the client side as well as the FTI side. Uh, and if you look at our cybersecurity team, you know, of the leadership team, we are, you know, nearly 40, 50% female, which I think, you know, is just a really motivating experience to having seen that progression. Thanks, thanks, Katie, for that. And, um, you know, I guess looking to the future, you know, I, I recently met a young woman who graduated from uh, university with a uh, background in cybersecurity. And uh, in fact, she happens to be my son's girlfriend. <laughs> but uh, what, what advice would you give to someone like that who's just come out of the university, you know, and wishing to pursue a career in cybersecurity? You know, what skills are required and what type of job roles do you feel will further evolve over time? I'll, I'll take the lead on this one. So I would absolutely encourage you know, more women to pursue careers in cybersecurity. And I think it's really important that we stress that not all roles in the field are meant to be technical, right? There are quite a few of non-technical roles. And just on this podcast alone, you know, I'm in marketing. Katie, while she does technical work, she's chief of staff. We have project managers on our team. So I would, you know, I think that there is diversity in the field. And I think that we always need to remember that the cybersecurity challenges that our clients face are diverse and there's no one size fits all approach. And so I think having that strong mixture of technical versus non-technical different perspectives, it's, is really what's going to be, you know, helpful in creating solutions for our clients at the end of the day. And, you know, one thing that I, you know, it has been a lot of uh, challenge, but a huge opportunity. And, and Jordan and I have been working on this together is we are, so we have a Hack You Junior program that's geared towards, you know, children and we're, we're starting it at FTI. But one of um, the attendees that we had a couple weeks ago was a Girl Scout. And after the program, you know, she said how much she enjoyed it. And her mother's actually a troop leader. She works at FTI. And apparently the Girl Scouts have a cybersecurity badge program from daisies all the way up to cadets. 
And so, you know, it's, it's really motivating and interesting for us as a marketing team to create these presentations that, you know, daisies all the way up can use and, and engage girls, you know, from age five, six, all the way up to 18 to get interested in cybersecurity. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Erica. And there are a number of initiatives like that that I've aspired to be involved in since the time I really got into the cyber field. Um, I'm a, a mentor with Girls Who Code. Um, I'm a member of Women in Cybersecurity and a few other security-related groups that are focused specifically on women. And I think what I would encourage junior people to do is to seek out those groups because while part of them is 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 the opportunity to get involved and give back. I really want to advocate for individual women that I meet through these organizations to be successful. Uh, FTI has been involved in a number of women and cybersecurity events, and we've met a lot of great people. And it's not just about trying to get people to come in and join FTI, right? It's about trying to really build up the workforce of women in cybersecurity. So I think that we look for those opportunities and we would encourage younger people to look for them as well and to match up with people who are farther along the road of their career who would love to, to advocate or mentor a younger person in the field. I think that's really a great starting point. Another resource that I would make available to people is that there are so many interesting sort of free cybersecurity resources out there and I would encourage people to look for those and I, I won't necessarily name any specifics. But one area of cybersecurity that actually is, I think, an untapped resource for young people to, to benefit from, I know there are many people who are taking advantage of this, is there are a lot of great cybersecurity podcasts out there. There are a lot of really educational, informational, and really insightful cybersecurity-related podcasts. And I think that's one really inexpensive and easy way that people can stay on the cutting edge of what's out there. So I would ask them to look for those resources and take advantage of what they can what they have available to them that's certainly free and, and really, really very present on the market. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Jordan, with encouraging, you know, f women interested in getting into the field to take advantage of those opportunities. I think that to Erica's point, there are a lot of roles and it's important to find your strengths. And in order to do that, I think you know, for me, what I've significantly benefited from is not only having strong female mentors and advocates, but also male supporters and mentors uh, throughout my career uh, who acknowledge those challenges that women face and are open to talking about them and, and encourage female colleagues, whether they're more senior or more junior than me, have really helped guide my career and give advice and find those strengths to leverage and kind of where your areas of interest lie. And so kind of making a conscious effort to find advocates, mentors, and sponsors, I think is really important and can go a long way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in talking about this and in, in the interest you're seeing that young women are having in cybersecurity, are you seeing any difference or increase in the, in the number of women actually <laughs> committing hacking events or are actually involved in cyber breaches. I know typically most cyber breaches are, are perpetrated by males. Is, is there any change in that? I think that's hard to say. I, I do think that when you think about who you might see get arrested or named and shamed out there, you do see a lot of the sort of cyber nefarious actors are men. 
I, I don't know that I would necessarily say that we could say generally that all cyber hacking activity is, is being largely perpetrated by men. Perhaps the women are just so careful and good at it that they're not getting caught. Um, but I, I think that we definitely are seeing more women get involved in the field generally. When you look at some of the large cyber conferences like Black Hat, DEF CON, RSA, I mean, they're being very well attended by women who are on really both sides of the cybersecurity world on the white hat and black hat side. So I think that we're seeing women get more involved. Um, and, I, and I don't think that we should necessarily gauge the number of women who are involved by who we're seeing kind of get arrested and get named by, by uh, the prosecuting authorities. But I don't know that that's necessarily a, a gauge that we've really considered as being looking at the numbers. I don't know if others have thoughts on that. But, but you have seen an increase in attendees at conferences and, and interest, obviously, in the industry. So that's, that's interesting. You know, one thing I'll add, Doug, to what you just said about are we seeing more kind of women criminals? One statistic I have seen is that uh, men actually fall victim to cybercrime a great deal more than women, right? Uh, so I think that there are definitely some gender-related cybersecurity <laughs> statistics that we could probably learn from, but I do give kudos to all the women out there avoiding cybersecurity scams and keeping our numbers up. So way to go, ladies. <laughs> all right. Well, so what can men do in advancing women's role at, in cybersecurity? I think one thing that everyone can do is to look as you're partnering with different organizations about what group they bring to work on cybersecurity issues with you. I think that when we think about us in a client services field, we can really be made or not made by whether or not we bring a diverse enough group for the organizations that we want to partner with. So I think that organizations should really look uh, for fields, firms, groups that are advocating for women and, and hiring those groups, promoting them, pushing their efforts forward as really in part a reward because of their focus on women in cybersecurity. So I know that when we're looking at groups to partner with for partner agreements and other types of different uh, marketing events like Erica puts together, we definitely think about making sure that we bring a group that's as diverse as possible. So we look for that in our partnerships and I would encourage others to do the same. Yeah, and, and you know, just to add to what Jordan said, I mean, one of the things that we really focus on whether we're being asked to participate or hosting an event is diversity amongst the participants and it is just something that hands down we we absolutely need to have diversity on the panel or across the speakers and i think that you know to jordan's point that's something that every firm should strive for and something that both men and women can you know uh try to try to further along right and i think it's important also you know when you're running an engagement especially as a man, to look around and look at what your team looks like and to make sure that you're including people of all backgrounds because you know you're going to be walking into a company and you're going to see that at, at these various firms that we work for. And you don't want to have this, um, you know, like I felt many years ago, walking into a conference room and you, your team doesn't look anything like the company's team does. Okay, so with that... Uh, I would like to thank my colleagues for joining me today and remember to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss out on future episodes. And if you'd like to find out more about what we do here at FTI Cybersecurity and how we can build a resilient future for clients, please reach out to me or any of today's guests via the FTI website. Mm -hmm.